you're listening to Ask Dr. E, where Dr. Michael Easley answers your biblical or theological questions in 10 minutes or less. Today, our question is from Anita. Anita wrote, where was Jesus, both God and man, during the time after his death and before his resurrection? You know, when you said in 10 minutes or less, I feel like we should have the Jeopardy music. We should. I need to start our timer, too. You've already been given some grace because it just started your timer. I appreciate that. (laughs) So let me, first of all, read Ephesians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, go eat popcorn, right? God's electric power power company. company. That's how I learned it. it. Uh Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. And this will set a little bit of the stage of the question. Chapter 4, Ephesians, verse 7. To each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led captive a host of captives and gave gifts to men. Now, this expression, he ascended, what does it mean except that he also descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is himself also he who ascended far above the heavens so that it might fill all things. So that sounds like Jesus went to Hades. Yeah, which is in the Apostles' Creed. Apostles' Creed. Descended into heaven. Yeah, yes. Right? It's yes, in the Apostles' Creed. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Or Nicene Apostles. I said them both as a boy. I can't remember. So first of all, that passage is, oh, it sounds like he went to hell. This whole idea of setting prisoners free. And there's also, we had the idea of where he preached to the demons and he preached to Noah. We have Luke chapter 16, which we'll go to in a moment, which is where this great chasm fixed between Abraham's bosom and the place where this rich ruler is suffering. He, He can see the goodness on their side and he wants to warn his brothers. We'll look at it. If we, yeah, I think you answered or you talked about that in an episode like okay. last month. Yeah. Another passage is First Peter chapter three eighteen. I won't read the whole thing, but that one refers to Christ, where he preaches to the spirits, proclaiming his victory over death. Now, this idea of Abraham's bosom or paradise is an interesting concept. First of all, we can't precisely know. Secondly, it sounds like it's. I think of it as a compartment, and let's think of heaven and hell. Setting those aside is like. They're not ones like, you know, in one part of the country and one's another part. Let's think of them as a compartment, a place where eternality exists okay. for man after he dies and is resurrected. So let's think there's a compartment. This is what they called paradisio. The whole thing was paradisio. Okay. So one side would be those waiting hell, one side those waiting heaven, so to speak. If that's true, and I believe Luther held to that point as well, then this idea was they're sort of in this stasis, and I don't want to use that word because it Purgatory. sounds like, well, yeah, it doesn't sound like perfect. That's, that's, okay. that's not taught in the Bible. And then we get into this tripartite, you know, is man body, soul, and spirit? Is he, right. you know, it gets pretty complicated here. But to say to her question, Christ is in paradisio. Well, he's dead and buried and I believe that burial is literal, but the application is all those who are dead know it. Okay. They're aware that Christ has been crucified, died, and is buried. And when Noah is preaching to the generation that he's building this ark, so he's preaching, he's teaching, he's heralding a message, there's one way to salvation. Christ's actions here and what Paul is saying in Ephesians and what we read about And Peter is the same intimation that there is a compartment. The question then is who are those who were in spiritual prison? Were those that were only alive in Noah's time and were destroyed by the flood? 
Is it all humanity that died before the cross, which right. is where I would lean? Sure. So it's all these. And then we read this passage. If God would not spare the angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to the pits of darkness reserved for judgment. This is Second Peter chapter 2. He did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a preacher of righteousness, with seven others. He brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly. Needless to say, the passage raises lots of questions and debate. So ask me a question here because I'm prattling again. <laughs> okay. Jesus dies on the cross. Our souls are eternal. Yes. So while his body is His dead, body's in the grave for three days. It's in the tomb. Uh-huh. His soul doesn't go to hell. God doesn't... Yeah. He, he goes to this paradiso, I'm going to argue. Okay. God the Father forsakes Jesus. Jesus is on the cross. The sin of the world, he has somehow shouldered. He pours the wrath of judgment upon Christ on the and cross. And so... So the father has separated. to, as the hymn says, turn his face away. Mm-hmm. He has forsaken Christ. Yes. And in some ways that is hell. I mean, so while his soul and body were in hell at that moment, I mean, but he is separated from the father the whole time he is dead, quote unquote, for those three days. Yeah. He's not in heaven. Correct. But he's not in hell. So again, it seems as though he's in this paradiso. He's in this compartment, so to speak. And again, I don't want to be bulldogmatic about this. I don't think you would be wrong to say he was in heaven, but the text doesn't tell us that. Let's look at this chapter 16 of Luke, verse 19. A rich man habitually dressed in purple and linen, joyously living in splendor every day, and a poor man named Lazarus. And he's laid at the gate covered with sores, longing to be fed with the crumbs falling from the master's table, etc., etc. Now, the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's bosom. He's in heaven. Uh-huh. And the rich man also died and was buried. This is Jesus telling a story. Okay. In Hades, the man being buried lifted up his eyes. So yeah. Jesus says, the guy died. The rich man died, he was buried, and now he's in Hades, all in one strophe. He's in torment. He saw Abraham far away and Lazarus in his bosom. It's a chilling passage. And he cried out and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus so that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool off my tongue, for I am in agony in this flame. And Abraham said, Child, remember, during your lifetime you received good things, and likewise Lazarus bad things, but now he is being comforted here and you are in agony. Besides all this, between us, there is a great chasm fixed so that those to wish to come over from here to you will not be able and none may cross over from there to us. And he said, I beg you then, Father, that you send to him, to my father's household, for I have five brothers in order that he may warn them so they will not come to this place of torment. But Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. He said, no, Father Abraham. Send someone comes from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not even be persuaded if someone rises from the dead. He's talking about himself. You know about the prophets. You know what they taught. You know about Moses. You're not listening to them. And even I'm going to overcome the grave. You're still not going to believe. So... 
what we take from this passage is, and we don't want to be bulldogmatic because this is not even a parable technically. He's just using it as a story to explain something to them. Okay. And he's saying there's a great chasm fixed. There's a man who's in heaven. There's a man who's in hell. The guy in hell can see the guy in heaven. Yeah. No indication in the text the guy in heaven can see the guy yeah. in hell. And because that to me, I thought about that. I was listening back to you reference this story when answering a question about can our loved ones who are in heaven, can they see on the earth? And so you kind of unpacked this a little bit in that answer. And I was thinking about how I've always kind of been in the camp of they probably can't. And I, I like that you point out here that Lazarus can't see the rich man in hell because how could there be no more sorrow and tears if we could see people in hell? I mean, what would be more hellish than to see people in heaven? It would not be heaven to see people in no. hell. But it also makes me wonder, I mean, that's where I'm kind of like, I don't know if they can see even anything on earth because even seeing stuff on earth would break your heart (laughs) when you're in heaven. Yeah, yeah, but you're, you know, the cliche last chapter is not written. Right. Pray for people. I just don't, there's no, and this is not just incorrect, it's heresy. People don't pray for us in heaven to get to, you know, there's no scripture that says those in heaven are praying for are going us before or, the yeah, throne or on we're behalf. praying to yeah. people in heaven. I right. learned recently of a pastor that believes he prays to his son in heaven. I'm, oh dear me. You know, we concoct these things. Stick to the text. It's too tempting to come up with these fanciful ideas and, and a lot of them are romantic and emotional, but the Bible doesn't tell us. Yeah. So what's the good news here? The good news is if you know Christ, you don't have to worry. You're going to be in heaven with him. And, you know, the moment we cross that threshold, all these things we worry about. That's uh, true. It, it'd be gone. Man, we'll go, well, you know, what was I worried about? And I, I think we underestimate the significance of heaven because we're so horizontally bound. All right. Call us, text us, email us. The info will be in the show notes. Ask Dr. E is part of the Michael Easley in Context Ministry. Ask Dr. E is produced by me, Hannah Seymour, mixed and mastered by Sonomorphic and music composed by Jason Germain.